right, everybody. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Lost in a Long Box for Wednesday, 11-13-2019. Um, Enos is on his way. He probably hit that same hellacious uh, kerfluffle on the road that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm your host, Randall. Got my partner in crime. Tommy. And Madman. Say hello, Madman. Hello, Madman. Working the boards back there. Working the boards. All righty. So how was everybody's weekend? Pretty good, pretty good. Anything new or exciting happen? Uh, we got uh, Disney Plus at my house. God. You know, I am happy for all you people in Disney Plus and Mandalorian, but I swear, if you don't stop blowing up my damn Facebook with all the, Mandal- the, the Disney Plus, either you've seen a Mandalorian, it's great, or you're complaining that your Disney Plus is not working. So, my Disney Plus is working fine, but we have not watched The Mandalorian yet. My wife wants to wait till there, you know, it's two or three episodes before we check it out. So, well, how many are, are how many are available now? Just the first two. Uh, just right? the first one. Oh, as, right. as of yesterday, just the first one. Um, I did spend some time watching the uh, old 90s cartoons from Disney, Gargoyles to be specific. And I saw a lot Love of that. people are either watching Gargoyles or they're watching the Spider-Man and his amazing friends cartoon. Yeah. Yeah, I want to I want to get into that too. Cuz that was a that was a favorite of mine when I was a young I would. I admit, I would like to go back and rewatch that, but yeah. I, I think they're on uh, Blu-ray or DVD, so I might just pick that up. Yeah. All right. How about some news items? So I did not realize this until yesterday when I was doing research, and it was throwing up everywhere else. Not throwing up, showing up everywhere else. Um, yesterday, eleven twelve was the one-year anniversary of the loss of Stanley. Yes. So someone said, "Well, I've been a year already." I'm like, mm, "Yeah." And the other thing too is. I was actually on a cruise last year when I got the news on that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I looked at my wife across the dinner table. And I was like, "You know, you were on a cruise this time last year." She's like, "I was." <laughs> yes, you were, because it was just me and uh, me and Madman here when we announced it on the uh, on the air. Right, because that was before right. Enos joined. Well, yeah, us. we didn't have an Enos then. We didn't have Enos then. All right, and I don't know if you guys saw Marvel honored him with a Twitter post of an illustration of Lee surrounded by several of his creations. So that was pretty nice. Oh, nice. Um, I, I thought it was interesting that in his creations that they had around him, they had She-Hulk. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love She-Hulk. She's a great character. But that was like one of his later um, characters. Mm-hmm. So all the ones that could have went with. Well, I mean, you know, still one of his characters. Right, exactly. So apparently, I guess uh, Amazing Mary Jane must have sold really well. Yeah. Because in the House of Ideas, Marvel has proven that they're out of them. Because now we're going to get a Gwen Stacy series. Because we need that. Right. Coming in, I think, February by Christos Gage and Todd Nock as the artist. It's going to have an Adam Hughes cover, so number one's going to sell like hotcakes just for that Adam Hughes cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they probably needed to wait a little bit to see how well the, the Amazing Mary Jane se- uh, sells before they do that, you know, to see how it's really going to sell. Because you know people are going to pick up people, people are pick up number pick, pick number up ones. issue one, right. And especially if it has, you know, a sweet Adam Hughes cover or something like that, right. they're going to pick it up too. So you may want to wait. That's the whole reason I picked it up because uh, it had that whole nice um, crime noir uh, cover on the, the first one. Yeah. I'm pretty certain I'm not picking up the second one. So Yeah, I, I didn't pick up the first one and I'm not really worried about it. Right. I like Mary Jane, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, she's a great character. You know, I love reading her in Spider-Man, but I just don't think I want to read a whole comic based around her. No. Miniseries, fine. And that's probably what it's going to be. But yeah. It's, but proving that just like uh, Marvel, they have no ideas either. Bat, uh, DC is now doing Batman, Pennyworth, R.I.P. One shot that's going to look back at the life of Alfred and I guess some of the greatest hits or whatever. Because, um, you know, um, it's been shown Batman died or Alfred died in Batman 77. Right. So I guess they're saying they're not resurrecting him. Okay. So. Well, they will eventually. Well, Pen- Alfred's not staying dead. No. Unless they decide to just replace Alfred with someone else, which I don't see that happening. Yeah, either. you can't replace Alfred. I don't think the fans are going to accept a replacement for Alfred. Probably not. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So uh, this is actually kind of big news. So there's going to be a an auction coming Um and I think the company's called Profiles in History, and they, they're doing this auction called Comic and Illustration Art, property of Distinguished American Collector. So I guess they've got some uh, artwork or comics from someone who has passed on or got a collection. It's going to be in December 12th. Mm-hmm. But there's some really great stuff in it. So some of the things they've mentioned is um, Bernie Wrightson wraparound cover for Marvel Comics 1983 edition of Mary Shelley Frankenstein. So I'm sorry. Um, do, 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 do. Bear with me here. They also have got um, the complete 16 pages 
of Jack Kirby and Vince Coletta's store number 139. Mm. Um, they said that's probably going to go for around 60 to 80,000. They also have apparently artwork from Jack Kirby and John Virpotine Beer, from Eternals number two. Um, and I don't know if that's a complete piece or if it's just uh, some of the artwork from it. They've also got, this is fantastic, artwork by Steve Ditko for both Spider-Man and Doctor Strange. It's going to be up for auction. Several pieces of Ditko's work from Amazing Spider-Man, um, including uh, like multiple key issues. They didn't say which ones. So mm. they said there's at least a total of six pages. Um, probably going to go between twenty to sixty thousand. They're also auctioning off um, the complete twenty-two pages of John Byrne's original artwork for Fantastic Four number two fifty-six. So, some really good stuff happening there. Wow. Yeah, no doubt. So, if you got some money just kind of laying around, you want to do your early Christmas shopping. There you go. Yeah, I think I'll go after that Kirby stuff for sixty grand. I mean, you know, why not? A- absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. I'll write a check. I'll yeah. write a check for that. It'll bounce, but you know, I'll write a check for it. And not to be outdone. Heritage Auctions also turned around and announced that a pristine copy of Marvel Comics number one is expected to go for more than a million dollars later, I guess this month when they put it on auction. Yeah, I heard about that. I heard about that. And it's supposed to be, I think they said it's a 9-0. That's a pretty book. That might be one of the high. I wonder if that that could be one of the highest graded of of that available. Right. Um, Of the six Silver Age, I think they said that's like one of the highest ones they have available. Obviously, that action one, which is like a 9-4, it's getting went for over a million but yeah and i think they also said um the the only other one they have is uh there's like maybe another issue that's a 9.4 of marvel comics number one so we would have to actually go cdc and google that but yes basically another marvel comics one very very nice condition about to hit the market yeah i think i'll save my 60 grand and go ahead and buy that right yeah we'll take care of that i'm sure there's a a payment plan that'll oh yeah i'll give i'll give them 50 dollars a month for the rest of my life and, you know, never pay it off. Right. And pass, yeah. pass the debt. Pass the debt on to my, my nephews, and, you know, eventually they'll be able to own it, maybe. You ever watch The Venture Brothers? No. I have not. Oh, okay. Well, there's this one episode where this one guy, he trades uh, trades with Dr. Venture for, uh, he gives him a copy. It was like this, like 9.4 sealed Marvel Comics number one. And throughout the course of the episode, it just shows how little anybody cared about the comic book. Because he, uh, the doctor ends up giving it to his son, and the son like immediately cracks it open, starts flipping through it, and he goes, "Oh, wait, where's Batman?" You know, he, <laughs> and so I mean, he like just rolls it up and tucks it in his pocket, and throughout the course of the episode, it shows the value of the Stick comic going book down. T- ticking down. <laughs> I think I'd cry if I saw that episode. It, it's pretty sad, but it, remember, it's just a cartoon, right? right. But still, <laughs> so. There is uh, a YouTube uh, video, and I, and I think it's a joke, um, where a girl's at a convention, and she goes up, and she's talking about her boyfriend was cheating on her, and she grabs some, some of his comics out of collection. And one of them, what she has, I believe, is like um, a Hulk 181. Okay. And she's showing it to guys at the counter. So, you know, my boyfriend was cheating on me. I stole this from his collection. What, what is this worth? Is this, you know, what, what is this? And everybody's telling her, you know, it's worth a lot of money. And she goes, really? Well, you know what? I don't care. And she, like, rips it up. And everybody's looking like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, yeah, I really hope it's a fake because the way the video starts is they're saying that they went and they bought several copies and they're going to no. rip them up at the con. No. I'm like, yeah, right. I sure you did. Yeah. No. So, also, um, you, you know. Um, lost video. Lost video. Video down. Sorry, guys. We'll be back up soon. Uh, Superman 17 came out today. Okay. Um, which is going to be the beginning of the Clark Kent identity getting wiped out. So my understanding is in issue 17 today, he's going to tell Kara what he's about to do. Mm -hmm. And then in issues Superman 18 and 19, it's going to be the actual storyline called The Truth where he reveals that he's Clark Kent. So I know we mentioned this a while back, but the reason I'm bringing it back up is because Brian Michael Bendis has said in an interview that the Clark Kent persona is not going to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he's revealing himself. So I don't know what that means. Basically, that's not the end of Clark Kent. So obviously, there might be something uh, planned there. Yeah, he's probably just going to go more public identity, I Well, guess. and then they also said that after Superman 18 and 19, um, there's going to be two one-shots, Superman heroes and Superman villains, which both of them are going to basically deal with how each faction deal with the fact that Superman has revealed who he is. So... Kind of interested to see where they're going to go with that. Yeah. Also, now, 
I'm mentioning this, and I don't want you to bust my chops on it, all right? Because I can't promise anything. So I'm, I mention this because this might be an actual pretty huge story because this guy is hot for this company. But I, I swear, don't don't bust me on this one, all right? Just lay off of it. You knew we asked him to do that, like telling the kryptonite not to kill Superman, right? So Tom King has hinted at a new Watchmen-related project, okay? And I see he's already got a smug look on his face over there. <laughs> the but company's any, hot for it, and you're hot for him. Right, exactly. God. Anyhow, he, the, he tweeted a picture of all the, the Watchmen issues with uh, the comments of research for a thing. Um, and... Everyone has pointed out that noticeably issue seven is missing from the picture. Hmm. So I would say go out there, reread Watchmen, particularly issue seven, because that might have been a clue as to what was going on. Um, but I don't know if you know this. Um, he um, wrote um, the two-parter, the button took place in Batman and Flash, Batman 21 and 22, and Flash 21 and 22, because mm -hmm. in Rebirth, we find out that comedian's button was in the wall of the Batcave. Okay. And then we're actually revisiting the button coming up soon in Batman 84. Ah. So there's probably going to be a huge tie-in to that, especially now that he's researching, obviously reading Watchmen to research something. So. Yeah. Hey, you guys want to say hi to our six people who are watching right now? Hi, guys that are hi, watching right now. Hey, guys who are watching right now. Good to hear from so you. So they can see the video. I can't. Oh, I'll fix that. Give me, give me a <laughs> anyway, yes, thank you for watching, guys. Madman will have the video up here soonly. Um, again, uh, you guys out there that are listening to us live on the podcast, we are going to be doing the whole um, show pieces from our collection when Madman gets the video back up. So you want to make and sure back you up. and back up. there you go. And if you are watching, make sure you ring the bell so we know you're out there and we can say hello to you. Uh, Young Justice number ten apparently is going to be debuting Tim Drake's new logo. Because you know he's given up the Robin mantle, right? I did not. No. Yeah. Yes. Apparently in issue eight, he changed his identity, and now he's just being called Drake. Drake. So, And I don't remember um, if I read this right or if I just misread it. His logo is now premiering okay. in issue 10. And it looks like the same type of lettering as the Robin, but now with the emphasis on the D part. Um, and I think they debut his costume in 10. Is that right, too? Or was it debuted in eight as well? I think it was, uh, it was uh, teased. At eight, but I think they say it's going to actually debut in ten. Okay, so yep. Yeah. Uh, I thought I had another news. I oh, Enos, look, man, <laughs> you got to pick. Who? Oh, damn. All right. <laughs> so we'll get that. Enos just uh, broke me with his show and tell. Archie Comics. So you know how we really love their horror comics. Yes. Um, they announced that there is going to be Vampironica New Blood December fourth. I'll have to check that out. Um, they said hopefully this actually will be the horror title that ships on time. Because okay. <laughs> none of the horror titles up to now have. Um, but apparently it's actually going to take place after uh, Jughead the Hunger versus Vampironica. So it picks okay. up after picks that. Okay, picks up right after that. So yeah, it's okay. out there. Check that out to see what happens after that. So I'm actually thinking I'm going to go to the Archie website and pick up the rest of those because I only have Vampironica 1 and 2. I somehow missed 3 and 4. I think those things might have had a limited print run because I... Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to pick those up and Jughead the Hunger too. I'll have to see, see how both of Because I started. never saw them hit the shelves. So, that is all the news items that I have. Oh, um, you know, another story, but I'll mention it, and then, and then when we get to the new releases there, but I'm pumped. You guys have anything that you read or heard that you said, hey, I want to mention this? So, CGC has announced a collaboration with Todd McFarlane for a private signing. It's the uh, first time he's done some signings in, uh, in two years. Is this the Spawn 301 where he's going to be doing it at the shop? No, okay. no. This is one where you are you you send your books into this, to CGC. You can do so even with a, a free membership mail in um, mail in, and it's eighty nine dollars per item, uh, which will include a, an expedited grading time on the process. Uh, now, it, if you do want to do get the cleaning and pressing, that's an extra twenty bucks. Um, keep in mind there are certain books that Todd will not sign. He doesn't do Venom number one color variant, Venom verse number one black and white variant, Venom verse number one color. Venom 6, Color Variant Edition, or the Spawn Retailer, thank you. Other than that, <laughs> other than that, he will do, do any book that he has written, drawn, or you know, character that he created. Meanwhile, there's a whole bunch of people who heard that whole list and just went, damn it. Um, yeah. Well, I think it's because you know, Marvel you know, 
isn't paying him to reproduce those books. They they use artwork that they already right. had on file from him, and he's not getting you know any royalties I, I from it. it. They only got paid. He only got paid once. I, I get it. And from my my understanding, the Spawn retailer thank you was not supposed to be resold. It was supposed to be just a gift to retailers. Promotional copy, and so he's started. yeah. Well, you know how that works. I mean, that's not Marvel's fault. That's the retailers who got it and turned around and flipped it. That's well, it. well, yeah. And I mean, it's one of those things. You know, you you give something to a store that's supposed to sell something for a profit, and then you get surprised when they sell it for a profit. <laughs> Oh, the way you put that. Yeah, so. <laughs> um, so, so, you know, it almost sounded like the George Carlin's list of seven things you can't say on television, the, the items Todd McFarlane won't sign. Yeah. So, but I mean, I understand why he doesn't do it. Don't get me wrong. But see, so if you're looking for a Todd McFarlane autograph, you know, you can send it off to CGC and get a, get a nice yellow, uh, yellow copy, whatever. Coolness. Uh, either of you guys have any news items that you read and said, hey, man, I want to talk about this. Okay. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um... If you've been reading Batman, uh, or if you've not been reading Batman, or are not a member of the Batman Yesterday, Today, and Forever page, you, huh? <laughs> you, uh, you're, um, I'm about to, to reveal something big. Uh, it was announced last night that DC has officially confirmed that um, Alfred Pennyworth is no longer with us. Late to the game. That, already covered. Already covered it. Okay, Batman Pennyworth, RIP. Got it. Okay, cool. Which is surprising since they just put out a TV show called Pennyworth. Yeah, yeah but okay, well, now hang on. That's like on Hulu or something, and, and no one's watching that. But still. On, on uh, <laughs> still. Epics, yeah. And it's not, and it's not um, current Alfred, it's Alfred in the past, like right. serving yeah. with uh, RAF and what have you. Yeah, true. Was it RAF or I don't remember? Royal Air Force. Um, I think you're I right. I think on he that. was with um, um, one of the. Um, He's not, with British not military, OSS, leave it at yeah. that. Yeah, OS, well, you think it was OSS or, oh, MI3. Okay. Anywho, new releases. So some good stuff came out today. Um, Dollhouse Family Number 1, uh, which is part of that Joe Hill horror series. Yeah, looking forward to that. I put I, that on my pull list I, last week. I, well, I tell you what, I put it on my pull list, and it wasn't in my box. I had to take it off the shelf, so. Ooh. Um, Event Leviathan Number 6. I mention this because if you are not reading Le Event Leviathan, this is the one issue you want to go out and get because we find out who he is. Um, I haven't read it yet. Um, guy Nick at the store that I went to had a theory on who it is. I'm, I can't wait to read it and see if he was right. Uh, Superman 17, which I just previously mentioned because that is going to be setting up the truth storyline in issues 18 and 19 where he reveals that it's Clark Kent. But 17 is where he talks to Kara that he's going to do it. Is Ivan Rice doing art on this still? On, uh, on, on, did, did, did he do the art on this book? Because the last Superman, I don't think he was working on it. I, I don't know. I have not looked okay. at it. Um, but of I, will course, know, I will know tomorrow. More, more than likely he is. And Far Sector number one. So, you know, Grant Morrison just redid Green Lanterns with that 12-part miniseries. Right. And mm. I haven't read it, but apparently everything goes to hell on a handbasket at the end because um, Black Stars number one came out today because Annette is like a rewriting of history. Apparently there never was a Green Lantern Corps. But Far Sector number one, is actually like a space murder drama featuring uh, a Green Lantern we've never seen before. And if you've been reading the whole thing that DC is going to be doing with the 5G, the rumor is the Green Lantern of Far Sector Number 1 is going to be the Green Lantern in the 5G universe when they fire that up. So, Interesting. Who knows? But I picked it up because I like the premise that you know it's the whole murder mystery and she's like the only Green Lantern in the sector that can take care of it. So, um, Out from Marvel... And I put this on there just so I can watch everybody cringe. Black Cat Annual Number One, and you know why I put this on there? Because hmm. you you you're difficult like that. I am <laughs> because it's the marriage of Peter, Peter Parker, Parker and Black Cat. I'll be damned. Yeah, we had talked about that on an earlier show. <laughs> Enos right there just went, I'll be damned. <laughs> <laughs> what can you say? I, I, I think I, there's gonna be a swerve, bro. Mm. Yeah, there's something's going on with that one. So I'm like, oh. Damn, I knew I forgot to pick something. Not this one, but Fallen Angels number one, continuing the relaunch of all the X-Men titles. So, yay. wonder how many of those are gone in six months. And this one here, which um, I need to go back and now pick this up because I totally forgot to get it. Morbius number one came out today, too. Michael Morbius. So That should be actually pretty good. Um, any other new releases that I missed that you think uh, honors some mentioning? Mm -hmm. No, I think. You hit the ones I was looking at, especially the Superman one. Superman 17. Um, I think that's going to be sold out really quickly as soon as people start realizing that while that is not the one where he reveals Clark Kent, this is the one where he's dropped to, you know, the hint that it's coming. Because my understanding, he talks to Supergirl on that issue and says, by the way, 
I'm about to blow my identity, which might blow yours. <laughs> mm. There you go. All righty. Hey, you know what time it is? Time to pay some bills. Yes. Quit uh, reading my notes, damn you. Uh, <laughs> well, look, well, 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 excuse me. Even if I wasn't reading your notes, I followed the order of the show. So it's, it's, it's uh, that time again. Let's see. Let's see if you guys can guess who is going to show who I guess is going to be this week. Well, you're supposed to say that we have a special guest oh, reading the ad. Oh, okay. Well, no, no. They know it's you now. <laughs> Go ahead. Pay my bills. <laughs> Lost in the long box. Is, is sponsored by, is brought to you by Flashback Comics. Located on 3112 PS Business Highway, just off Smoketown Road. They were where you can find a whole plethora of new, of new comics, back issues, trade paperbacks, toys, and statues. The hours are all Monday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. and Sundays from 11, 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. When you arrive, tell him to tr- tell Troy lost in the long box sent you, bub. I, I I know who that is. <laughs> that's El Guapo from the Three Amigos. <laughs> Since you ended with bub, oh. I'm gonna go with that's a Wolverine. Yeah. Oh, oh. I missed that. I thought it was Mickey Rooney. He's the best there is. I what suck he does. at this game. And I'm what he does <laughs> is I'm the nice. best at what I do, bub. And I but and what, what I do, I do ain't very pretty. nice. All right, so show and tell time. By the way, um, Tommy, yes, um, I, I know you thought you had it this week. You don't, and you don't have it this this week either, Madman. Enos is going to blow everybody I don't, away. I don't agree. Uh, we're going to have to start doing a whole show on just show and tell because I noticed it was supposed to be four books and it's up to like nine now. Well, he brings, <laughs> yeah, it brings like a ton every week. So I, I only bought one book. I, I, well, I did his instruction. Well, I brought two. Oh, um, so oh, the fearless leader is the one that's breaking. Well, I could t- I'm, us with numbers. I, I'm continuing my run with those Batman books that I mentioned. Batman 293. Oh, yeah. The, the famous Lex Luthor, once I put uh, your brain in Batman's body, Superman, I can kill you. Oh, yeah. Pretty book. Pretty book. That glare's killing me. Yeah. Right. So, but yes. Yeah, it's coming from the monitor. Yeah. That's a pretty book. <laughs> nice, clean corners and cover on it. Art by the late, great Jim Apparel, truly unsung Batman artist. And this is another great cover. I, lo- I love this cover. Batman 295. We lost, lost video. video. No, we don't. Okay. I turned off the monitor so there's no glare for right now. We lost uh, Batman 294. Joker cover with the faceless Bruce Wayne on it. Now, here's the problem. If you turn off the monitor, how do I know if I'm hitting the camera? A little bit up. Yeah. You're kind of good. I'll, I'll just direct you. All right. Yeah. I know that if oh, I go the opposite. Glare. Yeah. It's, I don't want to. So that's another beauty there. Wait till I break out the detectives. The detectives are not as many. I'm going to be honest with you. There was more Batman that run the detectives, so. And I think I'm almost at the end of those. All right, so Tommy, this was yours, right, Tommy? This is mine, yes. This is actually a classic, classic story. In fact, I was convinced when the very first Iron Man came out, we were, they were going to go this route, but they never did. Iron Man 128 and the Demon in a Bottle storyline with Tony Stark's alcoholism. Up we just, got robbed on that. a little bit up. There you go. We got robbed on that. Yeah. That's a, and I really feel as Iron Man fans, if there was a story that needed to be told, that should have been the this one, and one. they didn't do it. Yep. I really even love on the cover that you, you can tell he's going through a trial because he's even got the sweats on this. I mean. Yep. Yeah, I got that book a couple years ago for a really great price at a uh, comic book store in Syracuse, New York. So yeah. Iconic cover. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. On an all-time Fantastic. best covers. And like I said, there was a great scene in the very first Iron Man when he opened that container and you see him pull out that glass of scotch in it. Oh, yeah. And the fact that they're showing him drinking a lot in that first movie and says, we're going to get the alcoholism story. I can see it coming. Absolutely. And nope, didn't get it. People right. are flawed, yeah. Did you pass that back down? All right. Madman brought in another Justice League. Um, Justice League number 94. Is this? Oh, this, is, God, this is a dead man cover. I just realized that's dead man. Taking possession of Aquaman's body there, yeah. right? That's cool. That's actually but one of my better One of your better, better ones? Condition books. By the way, did you read Legion of Superheroes 1 yet? Came out last week, I guess? I have not read it yet, no. No. <laughs> All right, never mind. I can't talk about it then if you didn't read it. <laughs> it was all right. It's pretty good. Um, there is a 20th century artifact that shows up um, in the book. It's supposed to apparently have great power. And when you see it, like me, you're probably going to go... Hmm. Okay, we'll go with that. All right, Justice League number 94. All right, Tommy, 
Madman, this is where you lose the game. All right. Because Enos brought in, wow, this is great, Spider-Man number 56. Oh, Lord. Wow. Dr. Octopus. This is a great cover, a great book. And this thing's in fantastic shape, too. Look, this is a beauty. And that was a great story, too. Yeah. What, it's Spider-Man, he, uh, Spider-Man got a concussion, lost his memory, and Doc Ock just, like, talked about it. Yeah, we're partners and stuff. Isn't that, isn't that the storyline? I think so. Yeah. It sounds right. Yes. Spider-Man, because yeah, you see him right there. Superhero turns bad. That's in pretty good condition as well. That's, that's, that's a, oh, wait do you see the other two. And then he also brought in Spider-Man 78 with the Prowler. Oh. <laughs> so, Is that yeah. the first Prowler? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Very first. It's yeah. a low. It's a low run. It's got to be. Yeah. This is another great book, and oh, you guys are going to lose it on this one. All right. And this next one. Yeah. All right. Um, Enos, you're going to have to remind me who you said this was. That, I, this it, is Spider-Man number ninety. The death of Captain Stacy. Ah, yes. Yes. Forever changes a Spider-Man history in the universe. He reveals he knew uh, that Peter was Spider-Man. Yep. Mm-hmm. What a great use of perspective on that cover. I know, right? Because I love how the, the shadows are in the forefront there. So. Yeah. Because what they're cool. doing, uh, this is when they basically did that not letting you know who was going to die, and they kept it a mystery type of thing. Although, if you were reading the book at the time, you probably looked at it and went, oh, crap, that's Captain Stacy. That's Captain yep. Stacy's pants. Yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Now, nowadays, you pretty much can look at a cover and know who's going to buy it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, Enos, fantastic books here, man. You, yeah. Yeah, hey, let's face it. If Star Trek has taught us nothing, it's the guy in the red shirt. Right. Y- you have won tonight. Yeah. There are your books, sir. Jesus. I would like to point out that it took three books to defeat me, though. <laughs> no, no. He defeated you with one. Be- no. I was only going to take one, but he had all three. And I was like, you know what? Just give me all three of them. All righty. Cool. So... Show and tell starting to get pretty good. We're going to have to uh, look at maybe expanding that puppy. Seems to be our most popular segment. Yeah, everybody's yep. loving it. I know uh, our friend Jim, who's uh, listening at work, is always telling me which one he likes. Um, all right, so tonight's, um, you know, I really like the episode's title tonight. Um, I uh, titled it, uh, Good Job, Chum. You know, what? <laughs> because that was like what yeah. Batman used to say in, in yep. old Batman comics. We are talking about sidekicks and the best sidekicks out there. Um, now, Jim, at uh, where I worked, actually mentioned about uh, bad sidekicks. I'm like, well, I wasn't going there, but I suppose we could start talking about some of the bad sidekicks. Um, now, Enos, I, I know that you went to Tommy's desk earlier and asked him who was going to speak of one of these particular sidekicks. Okay. Uh, and it looked like we both took rather copious notes. So, the, damn, see, Batman just said uh. he'll take it. <laughs> so, which one of you wants to, I was actually going to have him as like the number one sidekick out there. But if you want to just go ahead and knock him out the park now, who wants it? Now, go ahead, Enos. You start us off. Well, I think it's safe to say that um, when the, when you think of the term sidekick, the very first thing you you think about, very first character you think about is none other than Robin the Boy Wonder or Team One, however you, what well, well, whatever he was when you came in to, came in on uh, being exposed to Batman. He's a grown up now, though. Yeah, okay. and he's one of the very very few child characters that we've actually seen grow up. I think. Um, it's safe to say that we've watched every one of the Teen Titans mature into adulthood. Yeah, every almost every member, and but uh, Robin was introduced in um, 1940, and um, and that incredible cover by Bob Kane where you Detective see Comics 38. The, the, the Rob <laughs> thank you. Detective Comics number thirty-eight. Uh, the and I'll never forget this as long as I live. The first time I saw you were, it. Well, well, hold back up. You were there in 1941? No, no, no. Uh, the first time I saw it was on the cover oh. of Detective Comics 500, and I'd never seen Robin's first appearance before. And it had Detective Comics number 38. You see Robin busting through the great character find of 1940, Robin the Boy Wonder. And to me, Robin has always held a special place in my heart because when I came along, it was Batman and Robin. So it wasn't the lone, grim side. It, it was like we had as while well, most of us, the bright knight, Adam West, Bird Ward. And uh, and Chum. for me, yeah. And for me, it was not just a TV show, but the first animated series with Olan Soleil and Casey Kasem doing the voices. Um, actually, I saw that first. And but but Robin was has evolved from being just a kid sidekick to being 
um, where he has become an institution as far as DC Comics goes, and that was no more evident than during the death of Death in the Family storyline, right? When um, the whole purpose was to kill off Jason, but everyone thought that they killed off Robin. And it wasn't until um, Denny O'Neill, who was the Batman group editor, went to a deli for a tuna a tuna, a tuna sandwich. A tuna. He was uh, <laughs> confronted by um, an old school fan of Robin. He said, "How are you going to kill? Why would you kill Robin?" And he said that was that laid the groundwork for them to bring him back and. After Dick Grayson had given him up in the pages of Teen Titans number 39, we were introduced to Jason Todd, who, as we said, was uh, killed off in the Death of the Family storyline due to the infamous 1-900-Kill-Robin debacle. Uh, The readers felt that Batman needed a Robin, and they introduced Tim Drake, who quite arguably is right on par with Dick Grayson as being one of the the best Robin ever because he proved to be more of an asset to Batman than being just a sidekick. He, in his own right, was a detective. He could fight and could hold his own in a fight where Batman could handle his business, and Robin most times would come in and back him up, but Batman made sure, if you if you read the um, miniseries of Robin right after he was introduced in 1990, you saw the evolution of Tim Drake into being the great Robin that he was. Now, what the hell DC is doing with him now, I don't know, but I only hope, pray that we see him return to his level of greatness because he was a great Robin. Well, he's my, it's he's not- my favorite. It's not going to happen with Tim Drake no, because he just became Drake. Right. But, you know, when you talked about the whole Jason Todd thing, because um, they did the death of the, in the family from Batman 426-429. Um, but I saw this coming. I remember reading this way back in the day, and there's that issue, and I want to say it's Batman 424, um, where they go after that gangster. Um, Gonzones. Philippe Gonzones. And in the story, you, you realize that he's, you know, a rapist, he's a murderer, and he's mm. never, they've never been able to catch him. And there's a great scene where they go after him. They know where he's at. Well, Robin takes off, and Batman's telling him, like, you know, Robin, wait, don't do anything rash. Well, you get there, and it's a great panel because all you see is him falling to his death. And Batman gets up to the balcony, and there's Robin with his back to it. And he's even asking him, what happened to Philippe? Did he fall or was he pushed? And Robin doesn't say anything for a long time. And you just know right there that he did it. Even though yep. he tells Batman, you know, I got here too late, he fell. But you just know. You just know he did it. You it, knew it, he it, killed it, him. It, and, and for me, that was right on the wall. This Robin's out of here. Yeah. Yeah. That's it, a cool way to present that, though. Yeah. It was a good story. They kept you guessing. Right. And, of course, sure enough, you know, like two issues later, the whole death and storyline started. I'm thinking, yep. This and, and I think me and someone else in a comic shop had even had this conversation. Like, as soon as you knew he had killed um, Philippe, it was over. You knew that Robin was gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because he had crossed that line. And you're absolutely right, Randy. It was Batman number 424. Right. It's, well, I had to go looking for it. And it's, the telltale cover is what gives it away. Is yeah. You see Robin standing on the, the balcony, and you see the character fall into his death. Right. Uh, with, uh, noticeably, there's no Batman on that cover at all. Either. Nope. And you will know something else that, that I, I wish they had. They didn't address that in Under the Red Hood. They only addressed that where he was, you know, getting where he broke the guy's collarbone right. and Bruce was mad. And I think that was kind of like them shed, shed a little lighter, but they didn't deal with it. Well, I'm going to be the one dissenting voice in the room. I'm actually starting to dig Damian Wayne. You s- <laughs> Madman thinks ready to murder you, You're right? I, I don't know what it is. I'm really starting to like that kid. So well, I'll say this. I like how they, since the um, city of Bane and what they've done, that I think what, it, what happened was him seeing Alfred dive in front of him. I mean, I think... I think at one time or another, we all, when we were young, were kind of feeling ourselves and being a little cocky and being a little brash. But then there's that one thing that happens that changes our perspective on everything. And I think this was it that is going to give us, that's probably going to give us the Robin that we've always wanted from Damien. Well, well, it's two things. Okay. Because A, he's lost Alfred. And B, in the pages of Superman, remember John Kent went away with his grandfather 
and disappeared. Right, and that and, was his only friend. And he didn't know if he was coming back. Right. And he's come back, and not only is he now back on Earth, but now he's a teenager, and he's like, how did you get so much older and bigger than me? So I think we are starting to see some of that rashness of him disappearing. Right. I think he's becoming more like his father. Right, right. Which is what I'm digging about the character, because True. he's growing is what we're seeing. Right. So, all right, Thomas who's sitting there all lonely looking, what do you got? So we're going to stick back in the, stay back in the 40s, and we're going to move to uh, March of 1941, Captain America Comics number one, when Captain America's sidekick, Bucky Barnes, is introduced. Bucky. Yep. Buck tooth. I, I would say, up? as far as uh, sidekicks go in the golden age of comics, uh, Bucky probably came in at number two behind right. Robin. Behind Robin, oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Well, didn't um, Stan Lee, wasn't he like drag kicking and screaming into the idea of sidekicks? That I, I don't know. I hadn't heard anything. Actually, I think Madman's right. I think it sounds Stan, like something. I think Stanley hated the concept of the sidekick. Yeah, because the only reason DC did it was because at that point, because most of the readers were young boys. They were young right. boys, and right. all the characters were light. They weren't this dark. Because remember, Batman was a dark comic for the forties. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I think they were trying to lighten the mood by bringing him, bringing him a young partner to to, to kind of take some of that edge off of it. Yeah, and, and poor Bucky. Originally, we thought he died off panel, you know, with with right, the right. with the whole bomb thing and everything right. like that. So it was great when 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 Brubaker bought him back in, in uh, Captain America number one, January two thousand five. Many 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 years later, um, you know, he evolved great as a character. You know, in many ways, when he took over for Cap, I liked him better. That than That was a great run. I was disappointed kind of when that came to I'm, an end. I'm not going to lie. I, I'm Captain America fan all day, every day, and love me some Steve Rogers, but Bucky did Bucky the job. Bucky killed it. Hey, well, if it, well, it, well, let's be real. If there was anybody, if anybody has to wear the mantle, has to wear the shield, I don't care what anyone says. I would take, before, I mean, as much as I love the Falcon, and I think he's the he's the closest thing to a brother, other than Bucky, that Steve has had. It's just something about Bucky that you can just see Cap going. I want you to well, um, this is I want you to do this, and it was left in his. Uh, he left specific instructions after he had returned that if anything ever happened to him, that you no, know, once Bucky returned. That if anything ever happened to him, he wanted Bucky to be Captain America. Um, and uh, like I'm with Tommy. I was a big fan of that run. That was an amazing Bucky run. Bucky put his own mark on. He wasn't trying to be Steve. That's what I loved about it. Just like when after the Batman Rest in Peace storyline, when Dick Grayson took over as being Batman. Dick put his own spin Absolutely. on being Batman. He was not trying to be Bruce. And and a, and a lot of people loved it, and it was his second turn, and a lot of people were sorry, myself included, who were sorry to see him go when Bruce came back. Now, was it was that during the whole Battle for the Cow thing when Batman shows up to talk to Commissioner Gordon, and Commissioner Gordon even makes a comment about uh, he seems to be a, a, a lot less moody than he's known him to be before? Right. Because, and I think he even says, you're not him. And like, what do you mean? He goes, you, you know, you're, you're not as moody as he is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and they had Battle for the Cow. You know, Captain America had the same thing, Battle for the Shield. John Walker gets no love. Yeah, John Walker doesn't get any John love. John Walker's JV. And he yeah. doesn't deserve any love, that's why. And he basically took over the Captain costume from uh, Steve and, and became, became U.S. US agent. agent. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but yeah, nobody I was, likes John Walker. With, and with good reason. He's not <laughs> yeah. likable. Yeah. Yeah. So, but but yeah, I I loved I loved his run as uh, Captain America. I was like I said, I was a bit disappointed to see it end. Um, I you know I understood why they were bringing him back. They were coming out with Captain America, the first Avenger in the theaters, and they wanted to put Steve back. Absolutely, in the, you need to get Steve the right. back in the in the comics. So I, I get it, you know. But I I, I could have gone with Bucky for a little bit longer than what we had as Captain America. And being that you mentioned the movies, we would be greatly remiss if we didn't give. Um, Give major props to Sebastian Stan for the great job oh, yeah. he did oh, yeah. as, as, Bucky. as Bucky and Winter Soldier. And later. Winter Soldier, amazing. Yeah, he did a great Absolutely. job. And looking for. I'm matter of fact, that's one of the reasons why I I got Disney Plus is so that you know when so you, you know, can Winter watch Soldier that. on Falcon, I can. Again, yeah. I, you on yeah. Verizon, Randy? No, I'm on AT and T. Okay, because like I'm going to get mine tonight <laughs> because of a, I got the Verizon Wireless Unlimited data, so I'm taking full advantage. Gotcha. So, but uh, no, bringing up those two. Um, 
sidekicks, Robin and Bucky, it, those two guys set the way for the wave of sidekicks that come out of the 40s. Because oh, yeah. Look yeah, the at standard. It, you had um, the Black Burrow. Terror and Tim. You had uh, Captain Marvel had two. He got Mary Marvel and Captain Marvel Jr. Right. Yeah. Um, and then remember Bullet Man and Bullet, Bullet Girl. Girl. Yeah. Um, Toro for Human Toro. Torch. Toro for Human, Human Torch. Torch. So yeah, there's, and if you look at a lot of the um, the boy sidekicks, uh, they look remarkably like Robin. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and remember, you know, with, when you talk about Toro and the Human Torch, you know, you had Young Allies comics, which was you know. To, you know, Bucky and Toro were the main characters in that. And also, a very unique twist, there was a sidekick, uh, there was a superhero team where the main hero was a boy and the sidekick was a grown-up, and that was uh, the Star-Spangled Kid and Stripesy. Yep, exactly. Who, who, who oh, coincidentally wow. <laughs> is the stepfather of um, Stargirl. Right, so, yeah, uh, Robin, you know, set off the wave of, hey, these kids like, you know, the heroes have a sidekick. Like Everybody get a sidekick. The kid, they realize that kids like to uh, read comic books with About themselves. Kids right. are That they could identify with. Right. I mean, a, a kid may not imagine being Batman. Right. But they can rem- they can imagine saying, "What if my dad was secretly Batman?" Yeah. Right, that'd be make me Robin, yeah. <laughs> or being you know, wake me up in the middle of the night. It's like let's go practice throwing guns at people. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, or a kid could also say, you know, if I say Shazam, I can become super powerful, Absolutely. just like in, like Captain Marvel. I, well, I think that that was probably the one way they did it right when it came to Captain Marvel is because the main character was a kid. still a kid, right? Yeah. Right, and I think that's what made the uh, the movie so great is that they oh absolutely they oh yeah and. And and the fact that they that they took the same approach to the movie that they did to the comic. They the comic was a fun read. It and, it was that was one of the things I loved about Shazam. It was a fun read. Your Uncle Dudley, every you, nobody, nobody, nothing was taken so serious and was grim, and everybody Marvels. enjoyed it. And the Lieutenant Marvel, tall, fat, and hill. But you know what? Ironically, Tawny. Uh, yeah. uh, ironically, Uncle Dudley, Uncle Marvel, is considered one of the worst sidekicks. No. Because, you know, everybody he said Shazam, he took his coat off. and Yeah. <laughs> hey, Madman, you got any sidekicks you want to talk about? We didn't cover them all? Uh, no. Uh, I... Do do animals count? I'll give you an animal. All right, like crypto. I was getting ready to man. Yes. I was uh, thinking man's the exact yeah, same yeah, thing. Baby. I love me some crypto. Because uh, dogs are cuter than people. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and who wouldn't want to have a superpowered dog? I would rather hey, have man. a superpowered dog than a, super ma- than a Superman living in my world. Have any of you guys ever seen the 66 Superboy cartoon? No. Uh-uh. But I know Crypto's in it, right? Yes. Oh, my God. I love that cartoon more. I'm, I know you guys know me as a Batman fan. I like the, all different superheroes. But I will always, 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 always have a special place in my heart for Superboy and Crypto because I love dogs. And it was so cool to see a boy and his dog both had superpowers and Crypto would be, um, it, was, it would be just great to watch them. But hopefully the, the Sequel family will get things straight and they'll finally put it out on DVD. And when they do, you guys are not going to be disappointed and take a wild guess at who the voice of Superboy was, and I'll give you a hint. He was one of the main voices on Batman the Animated Series, and we just lost him not too long ago. Drawing a blank. I don't remember that I, stuff the way you yeah. do, bro. Yeah. Um, Bob Hastings, a.k.a. the voice of Commissioner Gordon. He was oh, the voice okay. He was the voice of Superboy. Wow, yeah, because he was – so he was doing voice work for years. Yes, man. And he also was Kelsey on All in the Family. But you know what? I will totally give you crypto on that, Madman. But you yeah. know the only thing that aggravated the, the bejesus out of me when it came to crypto back in the 60s and the 70s? Why was he kept in a doghouse in an asteroid in space? Yeah. That, that made no – I don't understand that. Yeah, he, it, it was like he was all – and, and that's something I never understood. You would think that he would be with Clark. Well, now let me see if I got this right. You have already established that the dog is super intelligent, you know, it, well, that's it, what I mean. The Humane it, Society would be all over. Right, right. Are you telling me you yeah. can't trust a dog to not give away when you're Clark that he's super dog? You put him on a, <laughs> an a asteroid with a dog? I just like. Would what? you trust a dog to do that, though? <laughs> well, if it's crypto, yes. It's not like it's Comet where sometimes it could turn into a hot dude. Well, oh, God. You had to go. <laughs> <back>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Wow. But no, seriously, every time he read this book, he was like, okay, crypto, I need you to go elaborate plot, elaborate plot, elaborate plot. Oh, sure thing. And he go and do it. You don't, you tell me that Dawkins are saying, okay, crypto, when I'm dressed in these glasses and this sweater, you can't be showing off your superpowers. Okay, sure. Knock down the door. No, he. Yeah. Well, it's Superman. Wouldn't he be super at training a dog as well? Yeah. Well, plus also, too, um, and then I had a thing where he would whistle, and he would hear this whistle on Earth. I'm thinking, now let me see if I got this right. You just whistled on Earth, but you didn't shatter every pane of right. glass exactly. in a 30-block radius. Exactly. <laughs> so, all right. I'm getting off my, getting off my soapbox. <laughs> so I have here who I think is probably, and I'm going to have to say the greatest sidekick out there, even over Robin, because... This guy has sidekicked for everybody. 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 The one and only Rick Jones. Yes, indeed. I mean, do you take the list of who this guy has sidekicked for? The Hulk, Captain Marvel, Captain America, Rom Space Knight, the other Captain Marvel, Genghis Vell, or what have you. Um, he was very pivotal in the Kree Scroll War and in the Destiny War, which I don't even remember the Destiny War. Oh, right. So the destiny one, and he all starts off because he's that stupid teenager in the Jeep that was on, on the incredible site. Hulk one who won't get off the bomb site, right? And it, it, it led to a, a long career of you know, sidekicking. Well, right. I mean, when it comes to Rick Jones, I think that there's um, uh, there's something. I think he has a superpower. It's like he's cursed or something like that. I, that's what I think it is. Do you remember there was like an old Twilight Zone episode where this uh, this guy called uh, is called Mister Dingle the Strong. And uh, these aliens come down, and they just like we're doing experiments, and they zap him with a strength. Oh, ray. I remember that. Yes, they like, zap him with a, str- a, a strength ray, and he starts like uh, doing strength stuff. Right. And but he's kind of just an average everyday idiot, and so he's just he's just showing off to people, trying to like uh, you know look, get his name in the paper and stuff like that. And they change their mind. They come down. They give him a zap him with a smart right. ray, and now all, he's no longer strong, but now he's super smart. But that's the end of the episode because yeah. remember the the uh, they they change it, and I want to say they they even make a comment about they giving him this great gift, and he's not using yes, it correctly. He's not using it right, and that's why they took it away from him. And but so then another I, it's another set of aliens that give him the intelligence, though. Yes, it's another set of aliens <laughs> coming to give him, make him smart, and then um, the 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 outro of that with Rod Serling was like. Uh, um, uh, Mr. Dingle. He's like uh, he's always got one foot in his mouth and one foot in the Twilight Zone, and I think that that's that's, that's very much what Rick Jones is. Right. I it, just think he's just destined to be this knucklehead c- clinger on. Yeah. You know, to all these well, superpowered people. Well, now hang on, because after when he teams up with the Hulk. He actually becomes a member of the Avengers for a while because, you know, the Hulk is the Avengers. Honorary. Mm-hmm. Um, Honorary. Well, now, uh, now, now hang on there, boy, because he becomes Bucky to Captain America for a while. There's a very short-lived it wasn't moment. Until, the, until then, I guess it's honorary. Because he also formed a team brigade. Remember the team brigade? Yep. Um, and then <laughs> he has this huge partnership with Captain Marvel and the mm-hmm. whole Mega Benz. And yep. only one can be present at the, same, at the exactly. time. Exactly. And I was getting ready, just getting ready to say, and that was a nice little homage to Shazam. Where they claimed the Banes together and Captain Marvel would show up and Rick would be in the negative zone and vice versa. Well, here's the thing, though. And that also, either they could do it with the, by clanging the bands or apparently there was also a time limit. After a certain amount of time, they automatically switched. Right. But in most of the stories, that never happened. It's always clanging the, the bands together. Right. Um, and it's funny because since that is in a negative zone, it's Fantastic Four where they fix that. Because Reed has to pull them out, and all of a sudden they're they're both in the same area together. Um, but and, re- go ahead. And I was gonna say, you know, another key thing about about him too is his middle name is apparently Millhouse. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, no wonder I haven't heard of that before. Yeah, I bet he keeps that close to the vest. Yeah, <laughs> I swear. But yeah, yeah, I always liked that you know that dynamic and everything. It was you know it's great, and like you said, he's like. The, the quintessential sidekick in, in the Marvel Universe. You're not anybody unless you've had Rick Jones sidekick to you. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Rick Jones is the the Robin of Marvel. Yeah. Right. So. Well, after, and, and this is the one that I totally forgot about, and I even read this book. After Captain Marvel, he has a brief team up with Rom, Space Knight. Yep. Um, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> because after that, um, he finds out that he got, um, I guess, blood cancer, you know, from... Banner or what have you, um, and so is when he's in the hospital trying to get care for that. The the infamous dire wraiths of Rom attack the hospital, 
And that's how he ends up teaming up with Rom for for a while because Rom ends up curing him. That's of that. what I mean. It's like it's it's it all converges on him. It, 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 it's, and it's like just when you think he's in dire dire straits, he gets his butt pulled out the fire every time. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. He was supposed to die in in Hulk one. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. He's supposed to been blown. He's supposed to been blown, blown away by movie. a gamma bomb. And then after that, he teamed. There's another pairing with Hulk. There's a pair, a pairing with um, that Genis Vell, Captain Marvel, which I always hated that character. Apparently, he even has a brief stint with the Runaways. So yeah, if there's, he's all over the place. Like I said, Ooh, well, he's probably he's a very busy man. I love Robin. I, I'll give Robin props all day long. But when it comes to the greatest sidekick, it has to be Rick Jones. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of be it's, yeah. Um, Robin would be the one is like the, the the Godfather of sidekicks, but it's safe to say the best one is uh, uh, uh Rick Jones. Who else you got? I have a character who started off. On the radio. Oh, I know. And um, he wound up being immortalized back then, back in 1966. I'm referring to Cato, the side oh, yeah. of the Green Hornet, Green Hornet, who was immortalized by the great late great Bruce, Bruce Lee, Lee in the television <laughs> series, the short-lived television series, The Green Hornet, which to this day is still being shown, and due to Lee's martial arts finesse has cemented um, Kato as one of the most formidable sidekicks ever. Because most of the time, um, one of the things that was great about uh, Kato is that he was a sidekick that didn't need to be saved. Yeah, he was... He was the sidekick that was superior to the court. right. Yeah, exactly. Didn't he do most of the ass kicking. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Right. And and not only did he do most of the butt kicking, but he all everything that the Green Hornet had in his arsenal, the Black Beauty, the gas guns, Cato created that. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, did you see the movie with Seth yes. Rogen? Yes. I love that they portrayed like Seth Rogen as just this dipstick. That uh, right, right, and Cato was and, the guy and, pulling and, all and the Cato was the brain. <laughs> he was he was the guy it, putting in the work. You know? If anything, that was the redeeming quality of the whole doggone movie. But I will still say there will never, ever, 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 ever be a Green Hornet other than like Van, the late Bruce great Lee. Van Williams. May he rest in peace. Um, but um, yes, uh, Cato was that. He was not the um, typical run-of-the-mill sidekick. He was a guy that could hold his own in a fight, and he was so technologically sound, and he was proven to be a great asset. But here's a little tidbit. Kato was actually Japanese, but he was portrayed as Filipino, and uh, Britt Reed had some friends at the State Department docked up his paperwork so that they wouldn't put him in a concentration camp. Mm, right. And um, he was first played by Key Luke, who went on to play Master Poe. <laughs> Key Luke. Um, in um, the um, Kung Fu TV series with David Carradine and was the voice of um, many different characters, including Charlie Chan on the old My The goodness. Amazing Chan and the Chan Clan cartoon. Wow. He also sells Mogwais. Never feed the master midnight. And um, he was also time zone we don't know. But and uh, he was also the voice of the main villain Han in um, Bruce Lee's swan song final film Enter the Dragon, in which the um, actor Shi Ken could not speak English. Sweet Tommy, what do you got? So I got a little quick quick hit here with a little goofy one. Arthur from The Tick. Oh my Uh, God! Oh come on, you guys know you love Arthur. First appearing in tick number four, the moth suit, a trained accountant. Moth three, da, dee, dee, da. Wow. Voiced in the 1994 cartoon series by former monkey Mickey Dolans. Hey, oh hey, with a monkey. Yeah. yeah. Come on. You guys know you loved Arthur. <laughs> well, I, I like Mickey. I, I, like to, well, I, like Mickey. I like Mickey Dolans. Dolans. Yeah. Oh, my favorite monkey. Yeah, but come on, Arthur was great. I love the. I never really read much of the 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 uh, comics, but I love the I love the cartoon. I, I liked the Tick better. I actually liked the live version of Tick when it was Patrick Warburton. Oh as yes, a tick. yes, oh yes, fantastic. Oh yeah, uh, so Most definitely. I think he would have made a great. Yeah, Captain you got to give a too. shout out to to Arthur. All right, so since you decided to just derail it all with your lame on, sidekick, we, we're what? not. No one's going to talk about short round. No, we're not going to talk about short round. He's the only reason it makes that movie watchable. <laughs> what movie is that? 
Any and Temple Jones. And, uh, oh, Temple yeah. <laughs> no we'll time for love, Dr. Uh, Jones. Come <laughs> on. <laughs> hey, lady. You he's call him only, Dr. Jones. Dr. Jones, man. <laughs> he's the only reason that movie's worth watching. I don't know. I think Kate Capshaw kind of made it watchable. Yeah. No. <laughs> I, I don't. I, for some reason, she doesn't do it for me. This is like a, even like Rashida Jones. It's like people are like, she's hot. And I was like, I don't see that. Well, yeah. I'm going to go out on a high note to who I think is the best, one of my favorite sidekicks. Wally West. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah he's I was one. wondering if we can get to them. Yeah, get to him. Flash 110 gets his powers the same way Barry does, ironically, with the bolt of lightning coming through the police station and, and hitting the bat of chemicals on the wall and dousing them. And I didn't realize this. Um, he apparently has a strained relationship with his own parents, which is why he hangs out in Central City so right. much with uh, Barry and, and the Flash. Um, he Doesn't he learn? I think he learns right away that Barry is the Flash. He learns before Iris yeah. even yeah. does. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but great character. Who else could keep up with the Flash? Yeah. Right, know? exactly. And then look at him. I love when uh, in Flash 135, where uh, they had that whole mystical lightning again that changes the costume, and uh, he gets that beautiful red and. Oh uh, man, that was the look. coolest costume. That is scheme. one of the coolest costumes ever. Um, and then remember the great crisis on Infinite Earth when Barry dies, mm-hmm. Wally takes over the mantle and becomes Flash. But like, remember like what happens man. as a result of that, um, the whole crisis thing. They decide to kind of revamp the character, and he can only move as fast as the speed of sound. They, yep. they great diminish Mach his powers one. a lot. Yeah. Um, and is the camera still on? We got. Uh, yeah. Because uh, right here, this is the Wally West run of the Flash. This is right after all the Infinite Crisis and the Legends miniseries, where Wally himself takes over. Now I have to tell you this too. I was not a fan of the Wally West Flash when it first started, but he earned his stripes in this series. Yes, he did. So that by the time issue fifty came around, I was like, okay. Wally is the Flash, and and you would have to give props to um, Mark Wade and the great Greg LaRock, who I had the uh, pleasure absolutely of, uh, who I had the pleasure of meeting a few years ago on really bringing because this guy just got started. He was hitting his stride a little bit, and a lot of folks weren't feeling him. But it wasn't until Mark Wade took over, and they did the Kilgore storyline, and yep. excuse me, and they are. Uh, and they had it where um, Wally realized that he was just as fast as Barry? Well, I had it, I really loved the, the part where they tried to recreate the experiment to, to boost the speed. And I just remember this classic um, last panel where he comes out of it and he's looking at uh, Linda Park. Uh-huh. And he goes, do you feel any faster? He goes, well, I don't know. I, I think so. Or maybe it's Iris. I think it's Iris. Iris is there. Um, so on, on Iris. So... She says, well, try run and see what happens. And the very next panel is you see all this wind blowing back and everybody falling back from this concussive blast, basically. And all you see is this burning trail in the asphalt, right. and he's gone. You're like, oh, yeah, it's back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because eventually he becomes faster than Barry. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, Quite a bit. The whole concept of the speed force comes with Wally. Yeah. And all the other force powers comes with Wally. Um, not to mention, too, he plays a major part um, in Blackest Night. Because yep. him and because Barry has come back by this point, and they're warning everyone else of the whole black racer and and the dead uh, lanterns coming back. So yeah, I got to give it for Wally. Um, but then it's funny, Flashpoint New Fifty Two, he disappears, and then everybody's like, "Where's Wally?" Because it was both Wally and Donna Troy that disappeared, and that was the thing that aggravated everybody. Mm. But he plays a huge, huge role in Rebirth. Mm. I mean, he is the driving force in Rebirth that actually jogs Barry's out memory that there was another universe before the one they're in now. Yeah, yeah, you had and not to mention another cool costume. Right, absolutely, yes. Um, and I think also, yes, Barry or uh, Wally also brings in a concept of uh, the Black Racer, yep. the, the one that kills the Flashes, and that's how you know there's a problem with the Speed Force is when the Black Racer shows up, something's wrong. Right. Yeah. So I had to mention Wally, one of the greatest sidekicks out there. Oh, we are running, almost running over. I want to go ahead, thank everybody for listening. Remember, Madman's got um, Shot Monkey Radio every Tuesday night from 6 to 7 p.m. Uh, comicsonline.com, our sister shows with Troy and Kevin every Monday from 9.30 to 10.30. Um, I actually had the times on there wrong. Uh, uh, make sure you visit facebook.com slash lost in the long box. We also have um, lost in the long box at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Do you have a Patreon account as well? We would love to get some of your money so we can keep doing this. Patreon.com slash lost in the long box. And then we also have our sister Facebook groups that Enos runs. 
Batman Yesterday, Today, Forever, Realm of Superheroes, Comics, and Pop Culture, and gather together the greatest superhero teams. Whew, God, it's a mouthful. I got to get Yeah, it is. And thank you, everyone, for the success that uh, the Batman page is experiencing. We have surpassed 800 members now. I noticed wow. it was you were adding members like a fiend the last couple of days. Oh, my God. It's like now we're adding, it, it, we're speeding up to the point where we're adding three to five members or more at a time. I noticed that. Um, so three magic words of the internet out there, everybody. Like, share, and subscribe for you. Thank you very much. Until next time, we're going to be down here wondering, you know, Batman puts tights and a cape on a twirly and suddenly he's a hero. I do it. It's a whole different story. <laughs> Which, by the way, it reminds me of my court dates next Wednesday, so I might be late. Got you. Why is that, Tommy? Because <laughs> we're lost in the long box. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> Have a good night, everyone.